Good morning. My name's Nigel. I'm one of the leaders here. If you don't know me, um, it's really good to be together. I, I want to pick up this morning and carry on uh, from where we were last week. Um, so I uh, dug around a bit last week. If you were here, you'll know in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, and really just calling us at the beginning of this new term, uh, lots of transition, new things going on. We look out on the next stretch of, um, of Gateway and what we're doing together. Really just want to call us uh, to dig into God, want to call us to stir ourselves, want to call us to uh, examine our hearts, to commit again to pursuing God, and also as part of that to recognize what it is to be part of the family of God and to what, to talk about what it means to love one another and to be part of the people that God has called together. So it's really just a kind of kickoff, stir ourselves, where are we with God, a chance to examine our hearts. So I want to go back um, and just recap a little bit on what I said last week and then spend a bit more time this morning really applying that, both in terms of gateway but also us personally. And at the end, I hope we'll have a time where we can just respond ourselves to God and just say, God, where am I with you? Ask ourselves some of those questions that the, the pace of life sometimes given, doesn't give us the, the chance to stop and go, God, how am I doing with you? Where's my walk with you at at this moment in time? So let's pray um, and then we'll get going. Lord I, Lord, I thank you for your presence with us. I thank you for the joy of being together. I thank you for the fact that you have called us to be part of your people, Lord, that you have breathed life into us, Lord, that you have showered mercy upon us. And as such, that is now our identity, Lord. We are those who have been given mercy. We are those who have been become a people. We were not the people of God, but now we are. We, were, we had not received mercy. We were dead in our sin, but now we are alive. And you've made us your family, Lord. You've adopted us. You've poured out your grace and your love and your mercy upon us. And now we find ourselves part of this amazing family. Sons and daughters of the living God. And we worship you and we celebrate that. And Lord, this morning I want to pray that you would... Uh, stir our hearts again, Lord, that you would awaken us, Lord, that you would provoke us by your spirit where that is necessary, Lord, that we might understand and have our eyes open to all that is involved in being called by the living God. Father, help us this morning by your spirit. We welcome you. We pray that you would encounter us and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. So let's go back to 1 Peter 1. It's going to be a bit whistle-stop. If you weren't here last week, then um, I recommend that you go and listen online. Um, I, I only want to do a recap this morning, and then we'll spend most of our time applying and working into that. Um, but let me read a bit of 1 Peter 1 just to refresh our memories if we were here. Okay, this is uh, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. 
And then jumping to verse 13, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your heart on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of of Christ, Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Amen. So that's the first part. And we said last week, I um, started off with the, the threes, which if you were here, hopefully you will remember. And first of all, three things uh, to form anchor points in our lives, really. So whatever is going on in your life, and it will be different for all of us throughout this room. Some of us will be uh, in good times. Some of us will be struggling. <clears throat> some of us will be looking out into this term with anticipation and excitement. Some of us may be dreading what is ahead or fearful or nervous. And there'll be lots of different emotions going on in this room. But what we have here in Peter's letter to the church uh, across Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, which we said last week was going through a huge amount of persecution and struggle. It wasn't easy for those guys at all. So don't think it's just us who, well, it's not really us who have it hard, is it? But some of us are going through things which maybe we're finding hard. Thanks, Anne. Excellent, thank you. But the guys that Peter was writing this letter to were really struggling, and they were uh, facing a huge amount of persecution. But God says, in the midst of what you're in, whatever life is doing with you right now, then there's three anchor points for your life. And the first is this, that you are chosen by the Father. Amen? That from before creation, before you were even dreamt about, God chose you. God decided to lavish his love upon you. Amen? That's the first anchor point. That's good news, isn't it? I'm not hearing much, a little murmur. It's okay. No, no, God chose you before creation to be adopted. Thank you, Claudia. Great. To be adopted into his family, free from sin, living forever, hope. Chosen, his favor upon you. That, that's a good anchor point for you, isn't it, this morning? Amen. In, in the prayer meeting, I love this in the prayer meeting, Robert was talking about um, hooking ourselves into God, hooking ourselves into his love, hooking ourselves into his grace, hooking ourselves into his mercy, okay? Um, uh, I did this last week, so let's, let's have another summer holiday experience for you. Uh, this summer, we had the privilege of um, going... Um, and climbing on top of the O2 in London. I don't know if anybody's done that. Anybody else done that? You can, it turns out you can climb on top of the O2. I've never been to anything in the O2, but you can climb up onto the top. And, and uh, 
it, it might sound scary to you. It's really good fun. But the thing is that they, they hook you on. You, so you, you have a little, uh, I don't know what they're called. Have we got any climbers here? Caribou. caribou yes, that's it. No, not caribou, carabiner. <laughs> Similar. Um, but they hook you on to a wire that goes over the top of the O2. So you're completely safe. There's no problem. You're not going to fall off. It was a howling gale. They near, it was, um, what, was the, what was the wind speed when we were up there? 30-something miles an hour. It was very windy. We thought we might, it might get cancelled, but apparently it's okay because you're hooked on, you see. And so it was amazing, and I, I really recommend it. You should go and do it if you get the chance. Um, and great views of London. Wind, like, blur, but you, you're hooked on. And so there's no problem. And uh, I love that picture that we hook ourselves into God today, okay? Whatever is going on in life, that we're hooked in. And so you're fine. What, okay, it might get a bit buffety, but we have these amazing foundations. The first is that we're chosen before creation by God the Father. Chosen to be loved by him, no matter what. And he's, a, he, he's good at loving people, Amen. And so he chose you. The second point is this. Peter says, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. So he's chosen us. He's set you apart. He said, you're my son. You're my daughter. And now what he's doing is making us more and more like Jesus. It's a process that goes on through the whole of life. But it's the work of the Spirit. And so in everything that we face, God is using those things and enabling us to face them and to grow up through them. And to know what to do because we have his spirit, his presence within us. Amen. And so we can face whatever life throws at us because we've, we have the presence of God within us. The very life of God. Enabling us, helping us decide, helping us face things, strengthening us, giving us the words to say. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter says, through the sanctifying work of the spirit. See, we don't, we don't have to do the work we lean into God and he does the work by his spirit, which is why it's so key that we're full of the spirit. That is another great anchor point, wherever you're facing, that you are filled with the very presence of God to equip you and enable you and strengthen you this morning. Amen? So we've got chosen by the Father, filled, being sanctified, enabled, strengthened by the Holy Spirit. And then finally, the third one, to be obedient to Jesus, sprinkled by his blood. In other words, set apart as holy. Set apart, sanctified, set apart for purpose in this world. So it's not just, you're not here by accident where you are right now. No, you're sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. He's set you apart. He's placed you. He's positioned you and given you this job, which is to point people to Jesus. Actually, to bear witness to him. And, and the, the Bible says that he's prepared works in advance for us to do. So that as we keep our eyes on Jesus and our heart is to focus on obeying him, so we walk into the things that he's got prepared for us. Amen? And we become the people that he wants us to be, doing the things that he's placed us where he's placed us for. Amen? So you are a, per, you are a person of incredible purpose because God has set you apart. He has things planned in advance that are for you to do. And as you fix your eyes on Jesus, I want to be obedient to him. So you Stumble across, as it were, as Angela Kem, our friend who um, some of you will know, always used to say you stumble across the things that God has prepared for you to do. Chosen by the Father, filled with the Spirit, seeking to be obedient to Jesus. Amen? Three anchor points this morning, whatever else is going on in life. And then he, we had three instructions uh, from Peter to help us set our course. Again, whatever you're facing right now. 
whatever emotions are going on in you, whatever you're carrying, three instructions to help us set our course. And the first one is this, that we should set our hope, says Peter, on the grace to be revealed when Jesus comes again. So we're to set our hope on future grace. We know the grace of God right now, but there's coming a day where everything will be put right, where Jesus will be seen fully to be the king of kings, and that will be acknowledged by everybody, and his kingdom will come in its fullness, and so we will see the full extent of the grace of God and experience it. And we're to set our hope, Peter says, on that day. Amen? That's to be the, the, the point that our, our lives revolve around. Whatever is going on, our hope is to be set on that future moment. Because, he says, next instruction, we're to live our lives here in, in, in reverent fear of God. Because we don't belong here. He says, live as strangers here. Because actually our home now is somewhere else. Amen? Our home is with him in a new heavens and new earth, ultimately. And so right now, we're not, this is not our home. We don't belong here. We live here as aliens and strangers. And our attitude in life is to be one of fear towards God. Because he's pulled us out of this world. We're now his. We're a different kind of people. This is not our home. We shouldn't feel too at home here. And our attitude in life should be fear of God. A right fear of God. Which we don't talk about very much. But the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And actually the day when Jesus comes again, not only is it a day of the display of the fullness of his grace, but it's a day of judgment as well. And so it's important that if we're not right with God, that we put ourselves right with God. Because the wages of sin, the consequence of sin, the consequence of our rebellion against God is death, the Bible says. But in Christ Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, we have hope of new life. If we put our faith in him. So if you haven't yet this morning put your faith in him, then I'd appeal to you, look at what the Bible says. Because there's coming a day of judgment where we must account for everything that we've done in these lives that God has given us. But in Jesus, there is a way to live forever. There is a way of hope, a way of, having, of knowing our sins forgiven, knowing life in God and all the fullness of that, ultimately. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, I'd love to invite you to consider him. Because there's an urgency. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? And the Bible says, we, Peter says to us, we're to live our lives in fear, a right fear of a holy God, to whom we must give account. And so actually, our attitude in life, whatever is going on, is, what, is primarily, first question, what does God think of this? That decision that you're needing to make right now, what does God think of it? First question, what does God think? We're to live our lives, if we're his, then we live our lives in fear of God who is a consuming fire. I don't know if we always think like this, but I believe that's the way that the Bible would have us think. The The most important opinion of you and what you're doing is God's opinion. Amen? Now, God says you're a child of his. If you, if you put your faith in him, then he says, I love you. My favor is upon you. You've, my, I've forgiven your sin, which is wonderful news. But in walking through life, our attitude is to be, God, I want to please you. God, what is it that you think about this? What's your answer to this? I've got this decision. What, what would you have me do? I've got this thing I'm wrestling with. 
God, your opinion is the most important. Live our lives in fear of God because we're not up from here anymore. Our lives don't look like the rest of the lives around us because our home is somewhere else. Amen? And the third instruction is this. Peter says, I want you to love one another deeply because you are now a different people. Because you've been called out, because I've set my favor and my love and my mercy upon you, you're now the people of God. And in order for you to display who I am and to do this, uh, to live life in obedience to Jesus and to be the people that he's intended us to be, then there must be something about us that is different. And so Peter says you're to love, we're to love one another deeply from the heart. And last week I was saying that I feel uh, an urgency amongst us, therefore, both to examine our hearts and to ask where we are with God individually. To say, what is my attitude, God? How am I living life? Am I living it as if I'm a stranger and an alien here? Am I living it first thought to be obedient to you, Jesus? Am I living it full of the Spirit, allowing the Spirit, not not trying to do things in my own strength, not trying to control life in that sense, but each day saying, Holy Spirit, you enable me. Holy Spirit, you lead me. With my first thought being, God, what would you say about this? God's opinion of you is so much more important than anybody else's opinion of you. Do you know that? What does God say about you? But also to examine our hearts and say, Lord, is there anything you want to change right now? Is there anything you want to deal with? Is there anything I need to stop in life? Is there any pattern of sin that needs to be broken right now? Because my first thought is to be obedient to you. Lord, I want to pursue you. I want to know what it is that you've put me here for. What are the things that you'd have me do? What are the things that you want to put in front of me? Ways in which I can glorify you. And so I want us to be a a moment this morning of us examining our hearts and saying, God, where am I with you? What is it that you're saying to me at this moment? Let me read you a quote from um, Charles Finney, who was a a 19th century, um, famous 19th century evangelist. And he says this. The mind of man is often compared in the Bible to ground and the word of God to seed sown therein, which we see in this chapter, don't we, where where Peter starts to talk about um, loving one another deeply. He says, actually, the way that you do that is that you let the word of God live in you. So new life has been birthed in us by the word of God. The seed of God's word has been planted in us and now that grows. And the way that to life and to fruitfulness is to be full of the word of God, is to base our lives on the word of God and allow the word of God to sit within us and live within us to the extent that it it breeds more life, it breeds fruitfulness in us. So, uh, the mind of man is often compared in the Bible to ground and the word of God to seed sown therein, the fruit representing the actions and affections of those who receive it. Sometimes your heart gets matted down, hard and dry, till there's no such thing as getting fruit from it, until it's broken up and fitted to receive the word. 
And so he talks about breaking up the fallow ground, the hardened ground of our hearts. If you mean to break up the fallow ground of your hearts, you must begin by looking at your hearts. Examine and note the state of your mind. See where you are. Many never seem to think about this. They pay no attention to their own hearts and never know whether they're doing well. Do not be in a hurry. Examine thoroughly the state of your hearts and see where you are. Take up your individual sins one by one and look at them. Go over them as carefully as a merchant goes over his books. And so he goes on. But examine, I love that. I believe it's time for us to examine our hearts, to say, God, are we really pursuing you? You've called us out of this world. Our home is somewhere else. You've set your favor upon us. You've sanctified us. You're sanctifying us. for. You've set us apart for purpose. We're incredibly significant, but God, are we listening to you? Are we obeying you? Are we pursuing you? Are we going after the word of God that the life of God might grow in us, that we might become fruitful? Is our first question in each decision point in life, God, what would you say? So let's examine our hearts this morning. And then, just briefly, the other aspect of this, as Peter talks about, is that we're to love one another deeply. Um, let's, let's read that next bit of scripture, Dave. Peter says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So that, uh, in other versions, it says, crave the pure milk of God's word. So it's talking about the word of God. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen people, going on to verse 9, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So there's something about us as God's people that is incredibly significant. And again, as we review where we're at in life, as we look forward, as we say, God, examine my heart, show me what needs to happen, show me what I need to do differently in life, am I really pursuing you? One of the key things that we need to look at is how are we towards one another? Because Peter says God is building a spiritual house. This, the people of God, is a spiritual house where he dwells by his spirit. Amen? Do you believe that? We're not coming to a meeting. God's not actually, God's not putting on a meeting, if you like, for us to enjoy or a, a program of events. No, God is building a spiritual house. Amen? And we're priests. What do priests do? We've said this before a few weeks ago. Represent God to people and people to God. Amen? So we're the presence of God to other people. We help people connect with God. We serve people in that way. We present God to people and to one another. Amen? We're priests. And God is building us into a spiritual house. That is incredibly significant. Amen? That's who you are. We can't, we can't possibly just rock up to a meeting if what God's doing here is building a spiritual house. Amen? Yes. 
God is building something. He's about something. He set us apart for something. There's something that only happens when we're together. We're a community of covenant. There's something significant about us being together and being part of the family of God. We're committed to one another. Amen? We're a family. And yeah, families come with all sorts of ups and downs and challenges and difficult days and good days and all that kind of stuff. But we're a family and we're committed to one another. And God says, I'm building something. So we're to think about one another in that way. Amen? Is that how you think? And so what we, as part of this morning, what I want to do is talk a little bit um, about how we might do that, a gateway. I want to talk about one or two um, things that are going on amongst us as a family. I think it's important to do that because God is building a spiritual house. It's not just a question of coming along and hearing a, hearing a bit of a preach or singing a few nice songs. No, if God has put you here, then God is building a spiritual house where he can dwell by his presence and where he can be seen and where we can represent him to one another and minister to one another and draw one another to God and increasingly to those outside as well. Amen? So what does it mean to be being built into a spiritual house? Well, the first thing that I want to do is I want to um, say again that uh, we are launching our small groups for this term right now. You might have already had one of these uh, small group uh, booklets, one of our term guides, which tells you everything you need to know about what's happening this term and tells you all the groups that are taking place. And one of the things that we are convinced about is that in order to be built into this spiritual house, in order to be what we're meant to be in one another's lives, that actually we need to find ways of connecting with one another. And that doesn't just happen when we're all here together on a Sunday morning. A key way in which we do that is that get in smaller groups where we can get to know one another better, where we can be a blessing to one another, serve one another, care for one another, pray for one another, point one another to God. Amen? So I want to really commend this to you. If you've not been part of a group at Gateway before, then I'd love to say, this is really key. I'd love to invite you to come and be part of a group because this is one of the key ways in which we work out being built into a spiritual house. Rua, come and talk to us. I just, I've asked Rua just to come and talk about, um, just by way of really testimony, what is it like to be part of a small group? Uh, Tom and Rua are part of Baba and Mo's small group, which is a very exciting place to be. If you haven't got a small group to go to yet, go along there. Or, uh, there's lots of other good small groups as well, by the way. But, um, um, so you can go to others as well. I just happen to have been to that one, and I know it's great. Uh, they're all great, of course. Um, but Rua, tell us a bit about what being part of a small group means to you. Um, we've been coming to Gateway for a long, long time, and um, we got connected to so many groups. But um, just wanted to say, when we first came, me and Tom, it was uh, we joined this small group, um, and then that time we had a lot of things going on in our lives, and that group sort of like we we went through that group uh, that we prayed, we prayed, and um, and they encouraged this us. And we, it was amazing that when you pray together, you talk, you share with others, God's, you know, the God's works in a wonderful way. So the group encouraged us. We grew in that group. And then, unfortunately, we, uh, the, 
it was Robin Sabine, they left, they went to France. So we later joined again, Baba and uh, Ziki group. And uh, the group is amazing. We, you know, you have children, the, we go with children on Fridays and they all will come. And in this group, we've grown to know each other. You know, it's different when you come to church on a Sunday, I'll say hi to you and then that's it, you go. But when you are in this group, you know, you get to know each other very well. You, we've known each other, we eat together, we share a, a lot of uh, issues and everyone when they've got problems going on, we come together, discuss the things which we are all going through and then we pray and then, you know. Uh, and if sometimes like for ch uh, child care as well, I can phone Zeke, I can phone, um, uh, Helena, and then she, I was saying, you know, I'm struggling, Natalia, can she come over to your house for, because uh, um, I'm running late, and you know, we just help each other in all those groups, and also, it, the good thing about Gateway, it doesn't matter that you are new in the church, I think some of us, some of you might think that because I'm a new person in the church, I don't feel like I, I can be in a group, but, you know, Gateway is amazing, welcome, even if you are three, four weeks in the church, you can always join a group and, you know, be part of any group anyway. But the most important thing is like, you know, when you, when you, we, we always follow up, like on a Sunday, anything we, which has been preached, so as a group, we follow it up, discuss it more, and then in that way, we are building our faith and we are growing in our faith. And that is what is all about more growth for me. Brilliant. Brilliant, thank you, Rua. Yes, sorry, I, I said it was Baba and Mo's small group. It's also Ziki leads that group as well. Sorry, Ziki, to leave you out. Don't be offended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really want to encourage us because uh, actually this is quite a, a season of transition for us. And there's a lot of change going on, often at this time of year, but particularly right now, there's a whole lot of changes going on. And so it's a, a very key moment, if God is building a spiritual house, for us to buy in and opt in and say, how, how can I be involved in that building? What does it mean for me? If I consider that God's put me here at Gateway, then what does it mean for me to, be, uh, to allow God to do that building with me? What gifts have I got uh, that, that need using? What, where can I connect with people? Where can I encourage? Where can I be encouraged? to allow God to do that building of a spiritual house that he wants to do. So I want to encourage you about small groups. But while we're doing that, while I talk about transition, I just want to update you on one or two things, kind of family news, because we're a family. So this is partly to update you, but partly by way of illustration to say, actually, if we're a family, then it's important that we know what's going on amongst us. And so just a couple of updates of people moving on. Uh, so I wanted to update you about um, Rio Parish, first of all. Uh, some of you may have picked up, but she's decided to step down. She was our um, youth worker, leading authentic. She's decided um, to step down from that role. And actually, as a family, they've decided it's time for them to move on from Gateway. So we just wanted to let you know about that. Uh, we haven't fallen out or anything. Relationships are good. We've talked that through. Um, this happens sometimes, but in families, it's important that we know what's going on. And so because we haven't had the opportunity really to get them um, up here as a family and just say thank you so much for all that you've done, I wanted to uh, say that even with them not here. And the guys at Authentic were able to do that on Friday night because Rio and James were there. But just want to acknowledge the huge investment that they've put into Gateway and just say we are so grateful for what they've done and we just want to bless them as they, as they move on really. 
Um, likewise, another one, Pete and Laura, who many of you will know, and family. Uh, you, you might know them because they often lead worship here. Again, uh, those guys have decided actually it's time for them to move on. They're going, uh, they believe that it's right for them to be part of Pattern Church going forward. And I just wanted to, I want to say that because I don't want people just to kind of slip out the back door and not to know that. Again, I would love the opportunity to be able to say with them here, thank you so much for all that you've invested over. They've been part of Gateway for years. So it's always a tricky thing because we're family. And talking about small groups, years back, we were in small group with Pete and Laura, and that was, uh, we've done loads of stuff with them. So it's always a, a wrench when people move on because we're family. But it's important to acknowledge, and I just want to say uh, a huge thank you again to them and all that they've invested. And if they were able to be here, then I, I want to do that and pray for them as they go. And then, as you know, um, we're about to send Nick and Motti to Seattle. Nick's moving with his job. Um, if you don't know, Nick's one of the elders here. He's moving here uh, to Seattle with his job, with Amazon. And so uh, October the 6th is their last Sunday. Uh, so put that in your diary. Be here. We'll be sending them off that morning, praying for them um, as they go. That's a very significant thing for Gateway. And as you know, just talking about transition, uh, just wanted to say Penhill. Uh, the, the new church in Penn Hill has had a really great start. You can ask Colin about that. He was there last Sunday. But quite a number of people from Gateway, particularly from the east, have gone and joined with other churches in, uh, to get that off the ground, just because we believe that that's what God is doing in Swindon. And it's a really significant thing. Hubert and Rebecca have gone from here. Um, we prayed for them in the summer, as you know. But that is off the ground. But these things cost, don't they? Because we're a family. And it's important to acknowledge them. It's important that we are in good relationship. By the way, the guys at Patton, we know them well. Uh, the guys that are leading there, uh, we want to absolutely bless everything that they're doing. We're in good relationship with them, part of Good News for Swindon together with them, which reminds me, Good News for Swindon, prayer meeting, communion meeting, worship meeting on Tuesday evening, okay? Sorry to break in, but Tuesday evening, Freshbrook Church, just a reminder, it's in the term guide. Callum's leading worship, so if you don't come for any other reason, come for that reason. Actually, with a load of guys from other churches, which is really exciting. But God is doing something amazing in Swindon, which is why it's so key, because I emphasize that the relationships between the churches are very, very good. Um, And so uh, it's great to be able to celebrate together. So come uh, uh, come and help in the building of the spiritual house of God's church in Swindon at large on Tuesday evening. Amen? That will be happening at Freshbrook, 7 for 7.30. I just want to commend that to you, really. Back on to what's happening here. A few other changes in the family that I want to let you know about. Because of uh, the change in Authentic, with Rio stopping leading that, um, Al is picking that up again in terms of leading our youth. Um, and exciting news, joined again by Callum and Katie, who were involved in youth before. Amazing gifts. The guys are excited about that. Very excited to have these guys back involved in that. Um, the, they were already stopping leading the worship team, by the way. But the other exciting knock-on news is that we've asked Anton Jack to lead the West worship team with immediate effect. They've said yes, which is very exciting. God was already speaking to them about that. So Ant and Jack are now leading the worship team, which before Callum and Katie were doing. Great job. Thank you for that. Um, handed over to these guys. The other handover that I just want to let you know about is there's a handover going on from Matt and Steph, who've been leading the kids' team, to Ziki. 
um, who is going to be taking over gradually the leading of the kids' team, which, again, is really exciting. So there's lots going on. Also, to let you know that we've invited... Um, I've wanted to increase the site leadership team here. Uh, there's some other gifts that I want to bring into the leading of Gateway West. And so we've asked Robert and Anita. I can't see them right now. Where are you guys hiding at the back? So Robert and Anita have joined the site leadership team for Gateway West, which is fantastic and very exciting. Um, as has Ziki as well. So I, um, I have to say, I am really, really chuffed about those guys being part of... Already, they are adding loads to us. They bring passion and uh, fun and joy and grace and servant hearts and lots of faith as well. So it is great. It is a, a massive blessing, you three, to have you join the site leadership team. We will find another day uh, to pray for those guys as they join the team. Um, and to pray for some of these other ones that are moving into leading things. We don't have time to do that this morning. But I wanted to update you, really, because we're a family, so it's important. And it is a time of transition. There's lots of movement going on. And so it make, makes it all the more important that we say, what is it that God's calling me to do? What does it look like for me to be built into this spiritual house? What is it that I can serve in or contribute to? Okay? So I'd love us to ask ourselves that question. Join up to a small group connect with others, see how you might be involved in serving going forward. Right, that was a whistle-stop tour. What I want, let, let me just read this, um, this prophetic word from 2013, because this is important, right? Because one of the things that we're called to at Gateway is to be uh, a place of sending and receiving. And so that's going to cost us. And there's going to be moments of transition where we have to regroup and people move on and we go again and we say, God, how, how do you want me to step up and be involved? This is what Julian Adams said in 2013. I believe the Lord wants to say that he wants to commend you, Gateway, because you guys are like the church at Philippi in that you give and you give and you give. And God says that I'm going to commend you and I'm going to pour out resource upon resource upon resource in unlikely ways. And so get ready as there's favor coming for you in this area. It's a transition season. Has, it's usually a transition season at Gateway, to be honest, with what we're called to. But God is going to begin to unlock a wineskin that is going to pour out wine across the city and release the kingdom of God wherever you go. Now, we absolutely believe that that is what's going on, actually. There's something incredible that God is doing amongst the churches in Swindon, uh, that a new wineskin is being formed. But it is costly. And when Peter talks about being built into a spiritual house, the instruction is that we're to offer spiritual sacrifices. In other words, it's a sacrifice. It costs us. And if God has called us a gateway, which he has to be a place of sending and receiving, then that is going to cost. And there are moments where we count the cost of that, but then we go again because we believe that God has put us here and he will give us everything that we need. He will give us every person that we need, every gift that we need. And so we go to him and we say, God, give us everything that we need to do the thing you've called us to. But also, we look at ourselves and we say, and how can I be involved in doing that? And what is it that I can give in order to be built into this spiritual house? Okay? So that is the application. That took a bit longer than I thought it was going to take. There's a surprise. What I'd love us to do now is to share communion together. As a way of saying, God, we recognize that you're building something. That we don't just come to, to meetings, that actually we're being built into a spiritual house. And so there's a, a really important family relationship that 
Communion allows us to celebrate. Of course, we celebrate that Jesus died in our place, that our sins are forgiven, that he rose again. But also, we celebrate what it is to, that, he, that he's called us into. So he's made us part of this family. Once you were not a people, but now you are. And so uh, we celebrate, as we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection, we celebrate that we have been brought into this new family. Amen? So I'd love to invite you, if you're a believer, to share. Please share with one another. If you're bold enough, please go to somebody that you haven't met before because this is part of being built into a spiritual house. Bless one another. Pray for one another briefly. Share communion together. Celebrate what Jesus has done in calling us out of darkness and into his light. But uh, as you go, build up this spiritual house. Amen?